0: Yeah, I've got too many windows open, but let me—I'll do my best.
1: Oh, don't worry about it. Little uh, crickets in the background helps our our listeners go to yeah. sleep easier. Hey, everybody, welcome to Never Heard of It, uh, the podcast where we talk about the movies that have slipped through our cracks. This is episode number forty-nine, and as always. I'm. My name is Craig Moorhead. That's just been true, so far. And my co-host is also here, who ha- also has a name.
0: I do, and it is Sean Harwell Nice. and always has been, to to the best of my knowledge.
1: Okay. Okay. Now today, uh, thank. First of all, I want to thank you for being here, Sean. Uh, thank you. We've been colleagues for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, I've always been a, a big admirer of your work. Uh so um trying to get you uh, through this as quickly as possible. Yeah. Oh, hmm. oh thank yeah, you. Yeah oh, that's a, hmm. today you know the reason we've called Sean here today is because we're gonna talk about a movie that he suggested that we watch. Uh Sean, I don't know if you have a statement you need to read or anything, but uh please uh
0: have your say. Um first of all, I do not recall suggesting this mm. That's convenient and be. I refute In a uh, repetitious, is that what he said? I don't remember some fancy word. Oh,
1: scurrilous, the scurrilous accusations
0: that I did, Hmm. even though I may have. Ah. now that I think about it, (laughs) no, uh, I did suggest (laughs) this movie, and you know what? If you want to blame me, that's fine. Because if you're listening to this, you could make a suggestion, and then you could decide what we talk about. How cool would that be? Yeah, if you want to do that. Go to NeverHeardPodcast.com. You'll find links to everywhere you can talk to us, including email. And we would love to hear from you and love to know what on earth you think we should watch. Because I bet you have some movies in your closet, in your VHS collection, Mm -hmm. that you're just dying to know uh, what we think about.
1: Uh, We hope you will. uh, Join us there. You can also, uh, of course, you can find us on iTunes. You may have already found us on iTunes. Feel free Mm -hmm. to subscribe, review, and preview. I don't know. It seems like there should be a third thing. Yeah. Uh, but, uh,
0: delete,
1: delete. That's a good, <laughs> sure. Uh, but let's, let's get right into this. Cause I feel like we have a lot to talk about today. We got to
0: head into the curves, man.
1: Just yeah. right into these dangerous, dangerous curves. <laughs> Sean, despite your uh, recollections. Yeah. How how did this movie? How did the suggesting this movie occur to you?
0: I was looking Craig on Amazon sure. as I do frequently, because mm-hmm. um, I I feel like and I you know we should give them credit. If you do subscribe to Amazon Prime, I feel like they are crushing Netflix right now in the just random bullshit category mm-hmm. of movies that they add yeah. <laughs> to their service nearly daily. Um, you know, it. There was a time where Netflix had. He was like, "What is this movie?" Right? Mm-hmm. You know, you could go down that rabbit hole. I feel like that's changed a little bit. Uh, I think that's happening on on Amazon right now. We're in the salad days. Um, so I was looking, and I saw this poster, right, or just you know the image art that they had up for Dangerous Curves. And I'm I'm telling you, like. I didn't do my homework, but there's got to be like 47 other posters that look exactly like this from the 80s, right? Sure. Um, you got your teenager. You've got... <laughs> he's he's literally sitting on like three large uh, torsos of women in bikinis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a the sun behind them, palm trees. It sounds like a fun time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Tate Donovan is in this. I learned that uh, when I looked at the movie Info. I like Tate Donovan. I've seen him in a bunch of Absolutely. different stuff. You know, he floats around. He's a great character actor, I think. He's very enjoyable. And Grant Heslov, who I don't really know as an actor as much as, you know, if you're a film nerd listening to this, and you probably are, um, as the guy that, you know, is basically George Clooney's right-hand man right now yeah. with their Smokehouse Productions company. You know, he did the adaptation of Ides of March, which was a great movie, yep. and Monuments Men, and... Um, I think won an Oscar for producing Argo so yeah. lots and lots of talent behind the camera and here he is in this movie where clearly you could tell he's going to be like the goofy sidekick right. you know I, I mean you just I, I I could tell that because he's not on the poster yes <laughs> and Tate Donovan is mm-hmm. and I know what Tate Donovan looks like I know what Grant Heslov looks like all respect to Grant I knew he was going to be the sidekick sure So, um, yeah, it just felt like here's a chance for us to have a little bit of fun nostalgia. And, you know, having grown up in the 80s, obviously, I think we probably have affinity for some movies that would not be held up as, um, you know, like examples of fine art, per se. Sure. You know, Teen Wolf 2, maybe not pick on Teen Wolf 2, but, you know. There's a lot of movies that we love from that time period that are not necessarily what you would call high art. Agreed. So I felt like, oh, it would be fantastic to discover another one of those that I haven't heard anybody talk about. I don't know. Are people talking about Dangerous Curves out there? If they are, it's news to me. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. So I was like, Craig, we got to watch Dangerous Curves. Yeah. I mean, how could we not?
1: I can't fault. Yeah. I can't fault what, what led you to that suggestion. Uh, uh, somehow the poster. <laughs> does it it sort of reminds me of uh better off dead for instance yeah which Mm -hmm. uh i think is a little more successful than this movie in 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 general terms there's also another movie i don't know if you yes did you ever see the john cusack movie hot pursuit
0: i'm gonna say no only because i'm under oath
1: ah that's uh,
0: although uh, the title i know yeah Movie? I can't think of,
1: no. Uh, well, I mean, I probably only saw it once or twice as a younger person. Uh, but again, I would say it's a little more successful than this movie. Uh, mm. and, and I don't mean in terms of money. I just mean, like, as a movie and what it's going for, it's kind of hitting those marks. But, like, that one was... The poster was seems so similar to this, uh, but somehow there was, like, a whole action element to it. It doesn't matter. Let's... It does. Let's get into this. Sean... Now you've been known to write for certain filmed entertainments. Is that true? Uh, that is true. Correct. So what I wanted to do was I was going to walk through this plot step by step with you and talk with you mm-hmm. about why maybe dangerous curves, at least in my opinion, uh, doesn't the humor does not work, and the story generally doesn't work. Uh, And those two things, you know, most likely just go hand in hand. Uh, But I want to start with the poster. Okay. Now, the tagline is, Chuck should have known better. You don't make a pass on dangerous curves. Sean, does Hmm. that tagline seem to have anything to do with what transpires in the movie?
0: I'd say the first part of that sentence yes
1: sure okay
0: I'd say there's a lot of evidence that Chuck does know better yes in fact I think he spends the first 20 minutes of this movie saying as much in different words fair enough making a pass on dangerous curves Mm, I'd say I think he did he did go for the dangerous curves well now that's maybe part of the problem right
1: Hmm. I guess my thing is <laughs> the way the movie lays out to me that tagline would suggest that a lady led him astray. Not the case. And it, that is not the case. So let's just jump right into the plot. So you've got Tate okay. Donovan, very likable actor, and Grant Heslov, I would also argue, quite likable. Sure, yeah. Um one thing I'm going to I'm going to probably get in Into it with you uh, throughout the show. Here is about, you know, uh, sometimes like where the funny comes from. Sometimes the funny comes from just the writing itself. Sometimes it can come just from the performance. And sometimes it really, you need both at the same time. Sometimes
0: you have neither. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. Indeed. Okay. So, yes. Okay. So let's, so we're jumping into it. So, Chuck played by Tate Donovan. Mm-hmm. Um, did I say Taint? <laughs> Sorry.
0: I hope so. I'm, gonna, yes.
1: I'm not going to cut that out, but I'm going to say I'm going to cut that out. <laughs>
0: no. So
1: Chuck, played by Tate Donovan, is an uptight college student in Los Angeles. Did you know we were in Los Angeles to begin with? No. Yeah, I didn't either. I was not aware that's where we were. Uh, kind of figured it out. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I assumed we were in California somewhere, but I didn't feel like it was kind of laid out for us. Definitely not. Uh, he's hired by a successful businessman to deliver a Porsche to his daughter in Lake Tahoe, with the promise of a job if the delivery is successful. Now, I would say that's uh, that's pretty accurate.
0: I would too, but man, I, I think we could unpack that first sentence for probably an hour. <laughs> that's yes, because I want to. I I just want to say something up front. Sure. Right. And I'm not going to spend an hour unpacking this. Fair enough. But to talk about, like, yeah, not establishing setting. Mm-hmm. The only really indication that we have that these guys are in college is that it opens on them in the dorm room. Yeah. Um, and the, you, you never get really a, a shot of a campus. Um, well, there isn't just a, them, like, a, w-
1: for a second, there's like an establishing shot of a building. Oh, yeah. I do remember I there mean, being a building, but yeah, you don't know
0: when they're loading the Porsche? Is that what you're
1: talking about? No, I, I think it was I I maybe I'm remembering wrong, oh, but I, I seem to remember it was just before okay. we went into the dorm room. But it's a picture of a oh, building. Yeah. Like it's not like even like kids walking around with backpacks or anything. Like it's just a, mm-hmm. it's just a building.
0: Well and prior to this, actually, I mean I was so transfixed by the animated uh aha video opening credits. Oh boy of like a women's body and this Porsche I mean like I will say like I was kind of in heaven during that part because you don't get more 80s no than that kind of like aha animated still sort of like video toaster art kind of thing um girls in those like crazy bikinis with big hair Mm -hmm. and the Porsche that's not even like the cool 911 Porsche it's like a 928 or something like that right (laughs) (laughs) right I was like, "This has everything I need, right? This is like classic '80s tropes right here, just in this credit sequence." Absolutely. But, and then you're right. Yes, the problems start. We don't get a clear uh, establishment of setting, and I would argue we don't get a very clear identity um, that Chuck is even uptight at this point. No. You know, no, he's he's sitting at his computer on his side of the room, and Heslov is like watching. TV and there's a girl tanning in his room which I guess yeah. he charges people to to like sit under a tanning yeah, bulb that made or something. No sense. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah,
0: there's not enough there. There is not enough there to figure that all out before his dad calls and telling him he has an interview with this successful businessman. Yes. who is played by um
1: Robert Stack.
0: Oh, what's his face? Yeah. Robert Stack. That's right. And uh
1: well, and before we go to him, and we're going to go to him very quickly, mm-hmm. I'd like to point out that we start out... Yes, yeah, so so Chuck and his roommate Walter, played by Grant Heslov, also known as Wally, who is a girl-obsessed friend and roommate. Yes, typical horny 80s sidekick. Exactly. So these two guys seem like they would not like each other. And they have nothing in common. And from the mm-hmm. very beginning, all they're doing is bickering with each other. Yeah. Uh, and yet they're supposed to be best friends. But but like said, but they
0: kind of like each other. Yeah. I mean. So
1: but so they go. Yeah. I mean, as, at least as as far as I remember, it's all about Chuck. Like he's getting this call, and Wally is, I don't know. Wally's just being no help at all. But Chuck gets this call and oh, he's going to get this interview with a, this, like, yeah, very successful businessman. And uh, Wally couldn't care less. In fact, Wally, in in an example of our early uh, misfires at humor, uh, Chuck is super excited about this interview, and so he holds up two different suits and he says, you know, which suit should I wear to my interview? And, mm-hmm. and Wally goes over to his pile of clothes and picks up uh like a Hawaiian shirt and says this, you know, basically this is the suit you should wear. And I was just like, yeah. oh shit. Like this is where our level of humor is going to be in this movie. Yep. Um and uh because yeah, because Wally's supposed to be the wacky one, the uh the one who's too laid back and doesn't take anything seriously. He's the party guy. Um but so okay so Chuck goes and meets with Robert Stack. And I would say this for me personally, this is about as funny as the movie gets. <laughs> is Robert Stack talking about... Really? Okay, yeah. It's it him talking about his days in Vietnam and yes. how he saved Tate Donovan's father's life, but God damn it, that guy saved his life twice, so he owes him one. Like, mm-hmm. that was kind of funny. So he doesn't want to be talking to Tate Donovan, and I mean... Let's talk
0: about. There's a lot of talk about uh, ripping flesh off of bones. Yes. And, uh,
1: Robert Stack is very, he yeah. He, he's he's very intimidating. He's very, very straight faced. He says, "If you can drive this Porsche to Lake Tahoe, where my daughter will be for her birthday, I might give you a job," which is a really sort of bizarre, weak ish setup. But okay, sure. I mean, like, you, you got to accept that if you're going to go into the movie at all, right? So you're like, yeah. So you're right. going to give this guy your Porsche to drive out there. You're not going to have it delivered by like a professional service. You're going to let this guy take your. Fine. That's fine. And so, so, uh, so of course, Chuck, well, yes.
0: I was going to say, in talking about ways to possibly improve that setup, right. I think I would have been fine, if I just knew what the hell this guy does. I don't even know what kind of job Tate Donovan is hoping to get, and they never really say.
1: Exactly, it's a business job.
0: Okay, you're (laughs) uptight. I get it, but be specific. Like, what? What? Yeah, what do you want to do? Like, what's your dream? And like, I know that it starts at sixty thousand dollars because he makes a big point of that later on to Wally but just like flesh that out like why be vague you know give sure. the guy a dream okay and then have it shit upon um well yeah so that that to me was like a misstep and again like even just prior to that like think about revenge of the nerds right yeah like even like the first time you meet that guy anthony edwards right his character um i think is when he's in his bed and they pull the sheets back And he's completely dressed and has his shoes on. I mean, just like little things like that. Like, that's funny and it's sweet and, like, it gives you a glimpse. It's the same thing. It's two guys going to college. Like, it's kind of like... But you get everything you need to know and, like, those characters are defined. And, yeah, there's humor. And there's also movement. Like, you're not stuck in a crappy dorm room that's got very little set dressing you get like two angles and yeah okay maybe the budget was way lower on this than it was even on Revenge of the Nerds right. but um but still I just felt like yeah like build out that first act a little bit right yeah like that would have gone so far but Craig I want to say like before we leave the business scene yes. because I do think like yeah if you haven't seen this movie and you're never going to watch this movie that's fine but as someone who's watched in the 80s movies um how could you not watch that scene and think, okay, this movie is going to end up in Tahoe? That car is going to be banged to shit. Yes. You know, they're barely going to get there, and he'll somehow win Robert Stack's girlfriend, uh, daughter, excuse sure. me. Like, she's going to be the girl, the love interest. Right.
1: Uh, yeah. And I mean, none
0: of that happens. Exactly. None of it.
1: Exactly. It yeah. will. And it's kind of what you're saying. Like, you know we're, we're not building up his character enough in the first act yeah like you get to the like as a viewer you're so starved for setup at this point that yeah you're you're hanging on the successful robert stacks like every Faciano is his name <laughs> you're hanging on his every word yeah. like oh man maria like who's maria when is he gonna meet maria and and yep. like all that and it's like yeah well let's and let's not get ahead of ourselves but yeah like that all feels like yeah. major setup stuff so, And then, and so you you get out of there, and they're gonna. So he's he's of course he accepts the job, and Robert Stack is like, if you don't get it there, like I'm basically I'm gonna break your neck. And he's like, okay. I mean,
0: there's more or less, yeah, is what he's saying.
1: And so, so like next scene or so, Chuck and Wally are fighting over because now Wally, for no good reason besides you got to have things happen, Wally's like, yeah, let's go to San Diego first. Let's drive Mm -hmm. this Porsche to San Diego. Which doesn't make any sense. And Chuck should just be like, no. And and then and then you're done. You don't have to have more of a conversation now. Wally's very intent on being driven to San Diego in this Porsche. So, but yeah, so Chuck is... Well, let me ask you this.
0: Yeah. Can I? Please. Did they mention the beauty bikini pageant as a reason to go to San Diego in that section?
1: Not that I remember it at all.
0: I don't either. Yeah. Because that would have been so simple, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, the, exactly. That would have helped.
0: There's like 20 of the hottest girls ever right. are going to be in San Diego on this day. Yeah. We got to go there. We'll have plenty of time. I mean, it's like it's, yeah. it's all right in front of them, right? Yeah. And like for whatever reason, like the map, it just goes to 20 different places that don't connect.
1: Yes. <laughs> and. Continue. Well, yeah. And. In that scene, you've got Wally, who's just being needlessly annoying about going to San Diego. Yeah. When, when, like, his friend, all his friend, his best friend in the world has to do is drive this thing to Lake Tahoe, and he'll get a shot at getting a job at a company he really cares about. That's all his friend wants to do. So you're being a yeah. dick and just being like, no, let's go to San Diego and check out some chicks. Anyway, I know,
0: like Craig, I, I will say, like, if you had come to me in college and was like, "Hey, I got to drive this Porsche to, um, you know, uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Do you want to come with me?" Yes, sure. Let's go. That's an adventure enough, right? I don't. We don't need to go to San Diego. No, <laughs> like I'm not going to try to talk you out of that to do something else unless <laughs> there's something really specific yeah. that I have to go to. We got to go to Myrtle for.
1: Beach first. Why? No reason. Yeah, exactly. Right.
0: Like, wouldn't he have fun? You know, hey, like, you know there's going to be a... Like, there's he already said, there's a girl going to be there. You're in California. You're end.
1: driving to Lake Tahoe. <laughs> where, where are you not going to see girls?
0: Yeah. But yeah, just go. Like, yeah, that was, that was so bizarre to me. It is. And then they're fighting over that. And, like, Wally's loading stuff in the car, skis. And, like, Chuck is throwing them out in the process. And, like, Chuck, yeah, he does seem adamant about yeah. this. Like, we're not doing this. Right. And, like, yeah, I'm like you. I'm like... Boy, Wally is just being kind of annoying. Yeah. Like this is not like Well I don't buy it. And like, why are you not just being cool about this? Like, you want to come, okay, but w- just chill out. Like, stop trying to like yeah. steer this this situation.
1: Yeah. It, absolutely. I don't know. And and Chuck, on the other hand, Chuck, yeah, he's like uh, as you pointed out earlier, he's like uh you, you have any idea of like what the starting salary is? Like sixty thousand dollars. So I've got an annoying guy who wants to do everything but what his friend wants to do, and on the other hand, mm-hmm. I got our hero who's doing this just so he'll get a fat paycheck someday. And I'm kind of like, man, I don't really yeah. feel much for either one of these guys right now.
0: Like, know you love these guys,
1: yeah? yeah like, I, I, I don't know. I, I wish, like, because Tate Donovan is a super likable actor. I think, especially mm-hmm. like you know, back here, he like he, he does look kind of he, he he is great for cast cast in terms of like. Being an uptight college student, like he does, he looks he looks young. He looks like practically like a freshman in a way, and and super uptight. Great, like good casting in those terms. But yeah, like everything he's saying is just uh, I don't know. It's so far everything's kind of obnoxious, and then and then Chuck.
0: Well, and uh, I was gonna say, well, you just made me think about like again. We're gonna just drop comparisons. I'm sure this whole episode, like Ferris Bueller, Mm -hmm. you know. It would be as if Cameron were the lead, you know, sure. um, <laughs> like in some, yeah. you know, like that uptight guy, the archetype, there's a million ma- ways to make that work, mm-hmm. you know, um, and to make them sympathetic and likable. And, um like the the motivation needs to be like get out and live a little. Like here yes. it's not. It's like it just uh, yeah, it's just not that clean and clear. Well, and, and so
1: yeah, and and let's let's step over sideways to another 80s movie that I think does this dynamic a lot more successfully, which is real genius. So you have Val oh, yeah, Kilmer, he's the party guy. You have the freshman mm-hmm. who's super uptight. But like all of that stuff works really well. Like, throughout the entire movie, yeah. Like, one person needs to loosen up, the other person needs to, like, focus, and it kind of, like, works together. Here, that's kind of what you're thinking, like, okay, so this guy's going to need to lighten up and loosen up at some point. Like, that's kind of generally where we're headed in a way. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess that's it, because I have no idea what Wally. Needs or or needs to have well, happen.
0: you know, usually yeah. Uh, like you learn a little from each, you know. Well, real genius is a great example. Yeah. They do need each other to kind of get that project, you know, finished at the end. Yeah, um, and uh, not so much here. Not, not so much.
1: Here. So okay, so Chuck and Wally are on the road. Somehow they end up on the road together, and they stop somewhere. Wally, uh, I mean, I, I can't even get into the details of this. Like, I can't even remember like how this was contrived to happen. But they stop to get something. Wally says, "Hey, that girl checked you out," and so Chuck goes into this like convenience store after these girls. Uh, while mm-hmm. and, and Wally's like, "Don't worry, like I'll I'll load your skis into the car and lock everything up." Okay, first of all, what? Of course, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Chuck is uptight. He's super scared about what's happening. He's not going to let Wally take care of the Porsche ever. So, mm-hmm. but he does. Wally puts a huge gash in the dashboard with the skis and then freaks out and goes inside to tell Chuck that?
0: With the skis. With
1: the skis. Yes. To tell Chuck that, I guess, or or was he he went in to, to I can't remember exactly why he went in.
0: Uh uh I think he did go in to tell him that, but also just to go in. Sure. You know. Cuz of the girls. Cuz of the and, girls. And then and then, I don't know, to get Yeah donuts or something who knows they
1: they, they have some some interaction with the girls and they come outside and the car has been stolen because wally left it like completely open uh so well not
0: only that it was confusing as if they parked it in a handicap spot
1: that was terribly confusing i was wondering like maybe that was matted out in a different version like that's all i could think because they never talk about it
0: no, and I'm like, there's no way that Chuck would let him park at a freaking handicap no. spot. or Chuck certainly oh, wait, yeah, wouldn't wait park at a, a handicap
1: spot. While he was driving the car.
0: Well, that, and that was something else I wanted to bring up. As uptight as Chuck is, I mean, like, the whole time, like, they're in the car. We're not going to San Diego. We're not going to San Diego. We're not going to San Diego. Okay, we'll go to San Diego a little bit. Um, and then <laughs> there's a cut where... You see a motorcycle police officer. Oh, Yeah. You know, he's getting pulled over. And then Wally is driving. Yeah. And not only is Wally driving, like Chuck is like furious, like I can't I shouldn't have let you drive. You know, he's yeah, like You're
1: going so fast. Yeah, I, I
0: yeah. I agree. You should not have let him drive. And I never believed that you would have, based on everything I've seen about you in the first five minutes. But then it's like, you know, how fast was I going, officer? He's like, Well, I clocked you at ninety five, and Chuck is like what? Right. I can't believe this! You're killing me. It's like, dude, you're sitting yeah. in the car beside him. You're the most uptight person <laughs> I've seen. How do you not know this car is going 95? Yeah. Why did you let him drive it? Yes. This makes no sense. I don't believe it. And we're not even gonna finish the scene. We're just gonna cut out, and the next thing you know, we're at the convenience store, well, and that happens. And I'm yes. just like, what is going on? Well, what? Where one second Chuck? too,
1: though. Is because actually just before we leave that scene where they get that ticket, which I totally forgot about, and it was a totally bizarre scene, <laughs> at the end of that scene, Chuck says, oh, my life is over. Right? He says, my life is yeah. over. So I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. So this is a, wow, that's, what's going to happen?
0: Yeah. They're going to pay 70 bucks for a speeding ticket. I guess. I mean, whew, because, yeah.
1: and, and I won't give things away like this throughout, because we have we have some amazing payoffs coming up at the end of this talk that we're gonna have
0: mm-hmm. but
1: this never comes up again nope they got a ticket and it's like it never happened you take that scene out of the movie doesn't matter
0: i, I would argue they should have taken it that scene definitely out of the movie. should have taken that scene out of the movie it is <laughs> it, it only confused things yeah, yeah it
1: doesn't matter at all um because yeah w- what's going to happen in the next scene i mean think if you're if you're actually writing this in that scene you're like oh my life is over in the next scene this the car is stolen it's like, w- yeah. what is
0: ha- like That's when your life is over. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean. a, anyway.
1: So, yes. So yeah. So the car is stolen out of a handicapped spot, for whatever reason, and uh, okay, let me get back to my my plot. I, I, I gotta I gotta hang on this plot.
0: Go back to Wikipedia. Okay.
1: The Porsche is stolen, and so they they have they decide they have to get it back without involving the police, and I felt like okay, fine. That makes enough sense. Faciano seems like a psychopath. Kind of. <laughs> well, but like he seems scary enough. Where it's like, well, we should try to get it back first. Because if he finds out I lost the Porsche, like I'm just a dead man.
0: Yeah, and they're not supposed to be in San Diego or wherever exactly. they are at that point.
1: So, yeah. so okay. I went along with that. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, cut to. Uh ladies in a beauty pageant Sean mm-hmm. just just cut to our hero just had this car stolen that means everything in the world to what he wants to do for his whole future and then we go with these mm-hmm. other unrelated characters except two of them were in that convenience store those were the girls they right. wanted to talk to well they want to be in a beauty pageant one is trying to talk the other one into being a beauty pageant I guess how did you feel about suddenly being a part of a beauty pageant Sean
0: Oh, man! It was definitely unexpected. <laughs> um I did appreciate the, the sheer comedy of having the host of the Beauty pageant, who's this kind of greasy oh, comedian yeah. who literally breaks out like a Jerry Lewis impression of the <laughs> when he's describing the women's breast um you know bad jokes and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, I was amazed by how much screen time they gave the guy but I did I kind of was like okay yeah you know these these comedies like you sort of like flesh out the world with these little bit parts that are a little bit wacky and a little broad and um, even broader than the other stuff Uh, I immediately um, scratched my head though Craig Mm -hmm. when he said something about the talent competition will be tomorrow and come back I was like Oh, yeah. this is a a two day pageant. Right. Where on earth do they have two day bikini pageant? <laughs> <Could> <laughs> just just, just it? set up outside. It was amazing yeah. at the beach. Um, sure. Huge crowd yeah. too, and like I love those crowd shots. I mean, there's some great like just like uh, you know. This is the only like time period I can think of that I've ever seen where teenagers look like they're 45, um, and they do here as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of a sight to to behold. Um but no Craig and even even then I did not expect that that would become such a part of this plot. <laughs> yeah. Still. Yeah. I mean like in the back of my head I'm guessing like, okay, well yeah, there's the two girls from the convenience store, they're in this pageant, we're getting a little bit of their characters, you know, there's a couple other ones introduced, one of whom I'm gonna go ahead and say it, his name's Sean. Spelled the same mm-hmm. way as me, yes, Heath Michaels. I know you're listening, I know what you're gonna say. She's so pretty. Um,
1: go ahead. <laughs> she's beautiful. Yeah.
0: I'm still like in the back of my head, like, okay, they're gonna get them. Eventually they're gonna to go to Tahoe, right? With these girls. Right. <laughs> like, I don't
1: know. It's like the they'll just get caught up in the adventure and they'll just keep going. It's a road trip, yeah. you know, movie. So they're just gonna keep going.
0: Uh, there was one other bright spot within this section mm-hmm. for me, though, and that was the introduction of the taxi driver Hector. Yes played by robert Romanus, mike damone we know him as damone mm-hmm. damone from fast times and uh you know doing a little riff probably on that same character but he's great man i i i even in tiny little parts here i was like i just yeah. could watch this guy forever yeah he does um, feel like solid
1: nice thing, yeah. like he's like solid 80s casting no matter yeah, what, for sure. and I yeah. and I do, yeah. As soon as he showed up, I was like, man. I mean, to be honest, I was kind of like, I wish this is what the movie was about. I wish, I wish we could follow this guy around in his cast, honestly. Yeah,
0: yeah, because he's like depressed and he's yeah, like, you know, he knows it's like a deadbeat job, and he's just like, oh, well, this is kind of my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Like he didn't deliver it as like a jokey thing. It was just right,
1: right. And we actually got a lot of character out of him, and really, for sure. In the end, for what reason? for what reason? None. Yeah. None. He didn't have to have that cab character. But but here's the thing. But he's more likable than anyway. Yeah. Well, so so we're at this beauty pageant. And
0: Yeah, go ahead and go ahead and tell the the connection. Yes.
1: Here. So, oh man, I mean there's so much to work here. Okay. <laughs> and so and so the announcer says and here's like the grand prize for the winner of this contest and they open up this tent and these guys roll out a big red Porsche. And, of course, yep. Chuck and Wally see that, and they freak out. And as soon as everyone clears away, and they leave the Porsche on the stage, I'm not sure what that's about, but then, uh, but then Chuck and Wally jump up there, and they look at the car, and they know it's theirs, Sean, because it has a huge gash in the dashboard. Yep. So a few things here. You're going to have yeah. your grand prize, beautiful Porsche be have a huge gash in the dashboard like that's a car that's going to be a like how what I don't understand that small point I guess um but
0: I would argue yeah. Craig that even with the da- the gash that still feels like kind of a big prize for the scale of this patch <laughs>
1: true agreed not
0: to not to belittle the ladies involved no. uh or anything about San Diego right. I would be surprised if they're giving away Porsches now in any beauty pageant in San Diego. Prove me wrong, somebody. But uh, anyway,
1: I I agree. But here's the thing. So I want. What I I want to ask you. So someone has said, Sean, we need you to write this movie. Uh, Here's what we got. We got a Porsche. We got a bunch of ladies to be in this beauty pageant. Okay. Mandatory. Yeah. And we need that Porsche yeah. to have been stolen. Okay, so you get to this point in the script, you're like, okay, I'm making this eighties movie. These two guys, they have to get this Porsche back. Okay, neither one of them are car thieves. So it's not gonna be easy just like hot wiring it and driving it away. Right. This is this is the eighties, Sean. It's a comedy. What are these guys gonna do to get that Porsche?
0: They're gonna join the beauty of pageants. course
1: they are. They're going to dress up like ladies.
0: Yes. And ladybugs action. Of course,
1: of course they're going to.
0: Um, it's like soul man in bikinis. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Now, that's not what happens here. Um, instead, some—I I believe it's at this point—some security guards come out and actually pull their. <laughs> we got to talk about those guns, guns on yeah. these guys <laughs> because they're looking at a car. And saying, yes. Oh no, this is my car, and they literally pull guns on them.
0: They are prepared to shoot and murder them <laughs> dead on the sand for staring at that car for two seconds longer than they yes. do.
1: Um so yeah, let's yeah. And,
0: and we need to come back to that point because there could be a connection made that where that would make a kind of sense within the logic of the own movie of this movie, but it doesn't. Sure. Anyway, go ahead.
1: Uh Okay, so yeah, so some inept security guards chase them away. Uh, we will see those guys a number of times. Uh,
0: do we get the uh, black ski mask and clothes right after oh, so, this? Or no yeah, we'll, so, we see the hotel manager, but right. Yeah.
1: So here's the thing. And and okay, so watching the movie, they decide uh, they need to figure out who you know? How this car got here? Clearly, it was stolen from them. So, whoever supplied it probably is the one who stole it. So, mm-hmm. what our heroes decide to do is dress up completely in black with black toboggans. They just somewhere they get black clothes. I don't remember sorry, there being like a scene. We
0: have to imagine they went and bought all of this right. stuff.
1: <laughs> they went and bought a bunch of stuff so they could break seems in. So, so they could dress up like cat burglars and walk down a a lit hallway um also telling in the writing i feel like is that the scene in which they go through this fence which i guess is sort of the threshold of like i don't know it's it seems to be too much for chuck because suddenly chuck is like man are you you know are you sure about this plan and it's like you're asking that now you went out and bought clothes
0: there's nothing about Chuck that would ever go wrong right. I mean, from the way they established him, yeah. And then, yeah, he's asking about it in the act of
1: doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no, yeah, you're well past that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. so, anyway, Sean. So, yeah, so, so, so they go. Uh, wait, 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 what is it? No, they, they go and confront the, the uh, beauty pageant owner first, who seems to be some drunk lady yeah. who's depressed. And anyway, so they're going back to break into her office.
0: And I'm not sure. Well, I can't even remember why. Like, why were they even trying to do that?
1: I, I mean, I assume it's were because... they
0: they trying to get the keys or
1: something? Well, I, I thought it was that they were trying to figure out how they got the car. And to me, I was like, you know, when they rolled that car out, there was a license plate on the front that said Krevsky. And Krebsky is a huge, like, auto sales guy, I guess, in the area. So, yeah. like, why do we have to break into a place to find out what they find out? Right, because they don't get keys. They get like a pink slip.
0: Well, and that's what I was going to say. Like, no, it is your car. Like, you're in. You're supposed to have this car. All you need is a key. Right. Yeah. Like, you can explain your way out of any situation with a police officer by saying, you know, I was given this to drive. Here's the name of the person that gave it to me. Here's the registration. Blah 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 blah. Which they've already done when they got pulled over for the speeding ticket. Yes. Yeah.
1: Just get They're the on keys. the books.
0: Just get the keys and get out. Exactly. of Exactly. Right? That
1: worthless scene. That's could yeah. Like has already too much bearing. Like that's yeah. another reason why it should be gone. <laughs> but yeah. They, so they break in. The 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 worthless uh, security guards somehow stumble on their way into that. And and search the room and don't find them. And then a chase ensues, a ch- one of many
0: yeah hilarious hijinks chases yeah and uh it ends with our heroes just entering a room randomly
1: oh boy and
0: I bet you can't guess who's in that room Mm -hmm. two girls from the convenience store who are in the bikini pageant uh the door just opens it's not locked uh I thought that was not a relatively modern advancement yeah. in hotel. Door Eighty-eight, technology. I think there were locked
1: hotel doors. Yeah,
0: it it looks like it is of the type. Sure, but um, they break in. They try to explain themselves. The girls recognize them. You get all that stuff. I mean, one of the girls is is uh, hanging upside down from some sort of exercise bar thing. Um, And, yeah, it was kind of comical, that conversation, I guess. But I loved that the scene ends with they do call security. They call hotel Mm -hmm. security and then push them out of the room. Like, to me, it just felt like, well, why don't you just wait for security to get there at this point? Like, you just call them. Or why wouldn't the dudes, when they call security, why wouldn't they take off then? Right. You know? Like, (laughs) (laughs) it was just... Didn't didn't make a ton of sense. No. Although I will say I did, it felt like one of those scenes where like the girls were gonna threaten to call security, but not actually do it. Right. You know, and it was somehow they would end up. Okay, you can stay here, you can hide here, but as soon as they go, you know, you gotta leave in like thirty minutes, or they'd find some sort of like mutual agreement, right? right? And at least that didn't happen. Here. True.
1: Although but, I will say,
0: you know, it's gonna happen. One later, moment
1: that so. did happen is yeah, they go over and they pick up the phone to call security. But they pause. They pause to consider Wally saying... Mm -hmm. uh, He says, no, no, no. No, you don't understand. Chuck just wants to tell you how beautiful you are. And they actually pause and wait for a second to listen to what Chuck has to say.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I did like... And I don't know if it was in that moment or one of the previous moments. Just the performance where... Because, like, Chuck, when he sees this girl, he... Just kind of like shuts down, and he just has this like blank stare, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was kind of comical. And then at one point, Grant Heslov's like, he just waves his hand in front. Of him. He's like, he gets stuck sometimes. <laughs> like that's what he's fair said. enough. Which, you know, I mean, as far as low-hanging fruit goes, that one kind of worked for me, okay.
1: But boy, it would mean a little more if that made sense in a character way, like. Yeah, I, it I mean, it's just kind of like she's a she's just some girl, like there's no, I, you know what I mean, like. I understand being transfixed by someone you don't know and all that stuff, but I mean... Yeah. But, yeah, it's just like, but why? Anyway, yeah, there's not enough sort of behind it to make it no, definitely interesting. definitely
0: not. Yeah, they could have set that up at college before he even left. You know? Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, I mean, there's a number of ways to, <laughs> to do that. Um, <laughs> See
0: every other 80s yeah. movie.
1: <laughs> meanwhile, and I don't even want to go into this whole subplot, but within the beauty pageant okay. there's this other girl who's got a domineering mom and that girl is trying to she's like the mean one in the beauty pageant and man every time that thing would pick that's up. that's sean by the way yeah. oh Ugh. god i didn't want to watch it was any it rough of that. um
0: um th- there's something about that actress too which i see her name is karen lynn scott like her just her go-to is to bug her eyes out like insane it was just such a weird re- yeah, reaction to her mom I mean that was it was kind of funny that here we are in 88 and you're sort of getting the pageant mom which has become a thing you know in the last 10-15 right. years in its own right in our own pop culture Um so I guess it was kind of nice that they touched on that but again it's like is this a movie about a pageant or is this movie yeah. about getting this damn car to taro, right. you yeah. know because let's not forget, um, so yeah, like, it, the
1: fact that this thing got stolen and he might not get it back, we can't forget. He's got to right. get this thing to Tahoe or Fasiano's going to just straight up murder him.
0: Yeah. He's already said his life is over. Right. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's like, I don't know. Do you really need to flesh out the pageant world? You don't. For this storyline, you kind of don't. And they do. And it ends up taking, like, real estate... Even away from Chuck and Wally. It, it you
1: know? takes an amazing amount of time away from that. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. So yeah. again, so they broke in and, and by by breaking into that office, they found out that this guy, Greg Krevsky, that's where they got the car. Yeah. Which again, the name Krevsky was on the car at the beauty pageant. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But that doesn't <laughs> matter. So then with it so within the politics of the pageant uh the mom of that one girl sets up with Krevsky that he's sh- god she's gonna he's got a boat, Jesus. How like how complicated like it does feel like like a first draft sort of stream of conscious uh,
0: it does a little bit. Sort of script, right?
1: Like you can't, you cannot yeah. go back. Like that's the only rule. You just keep writing a straight line, and whatever you got to make up on the fly, you just got to make it up. So Krebsky, he's mm-hmm. got a, he's got a like a floating casino, and so they're gonna get the two girls who that mom thinks will beat her girl on the boat, and they'll keep her on the boat while the pageant's going on. Meanwhile, Chuck and Wally also get on the boat because that's Krebsky's boat, and they're trying to find evidence of the theft. What evidence? Like, w- why would you get on the boat? Like, the theft of the evidence is on this casino boat. I no don't clue. know.
0: All you need is the keys. Again, all you need yeah, are the keys. just get the keys.
1: <laughs> or just hotwire. And drive, yeah, or find someone. Yeah, exactly, to hotwire anything. Um, it's just, Which,
0: you know, they did a little bit, and I'll, I'll talk in a second, but we should say before we get too far yes. ahead, uh Krebsky, the character, is played by none other than Leslie Nilsson. <laughs> And uh, I think this is the same year as Naked Gun, the first one. Wow. And he's oddly not used comedically at all in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> at least I didn't think so. I mean, he's got maybe one line reading yeah. that to me felt like was bordering on the edge of comedy. But I mean, it's like a five minute performance, sure. you know, screen well, time. And,
1: and here's the um, other thing, Sean, and I like to know just in, in terms of how you, know, how you would typically lay stuff out. Like, let's talk about Eastbound and Dow. Now okay. you had now Kenny Powers is not necessarily likable with a capital L, but you like it. I'd say the opposite, which is yeah. which is kind of amazing in and of itself. But
0: credit to Danny in yeah. uh,
1: in in Eastbound, you had a pretty great bad guy in Will Ferrell's. Strangely enough, in Will Ferrell's like used car salesman, right?
0: Yeah, actually, yeah, Ashley Schaefer, Yeah, yeah. so. He was the Krevsky of, of Wilmington, North Carolina, or Shelby, North Carolina,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we just didn't know well, it. And
1: that's the thing. So, in this movie, you're only meeting Krevsky for the first time on this boat. And he's conspiring with the mom of a beauty pageant to keep two of the girls on there so that her girl will win the Porsche that he stole and put... I mean, it's It's ridiculous. I guess my question is yeah, like,
0: I don't know what's in it for Krevsky, yeah, right?
1: Like, like how how did he need to be set up? Because at this point, he is the bad guy. He has called he has been the biggest protagonist, uh, an antagonist to what Chuck needs to accomplish.
0: I just just put some life into sure. it. Like, it, I almost think like the the bad guy plot like clearly does not even matter no. in this. Like, you know, whatever explanation of it all there is, it's not really going to amount to much. So, just make him like an interesting, fun character, especially when you have Leslie Nielsen, man. Like, um, you know, come yeah. on. Like, uh, just make him larger than life. Like, I have no clue. Like, he's just a generic bad guy. Like, I get, he he's still He's barely guess, even a like bad that's guy. His thing. Like, yeah. He's got some heavies around him, yeah. you know, the bodyguards and, and that kind of thing. Um but that you know it's, it is it's weird. It, it's weird uh, it's there's that level and then it's like yeah you're saying he's conspiring with one of the pageant moms like to what end right. uh, make him ruthless make him anything just you know make him funny from one right. thing but uh, you know I mean the Riverboat Casino kind of thing is kind of like a fun setting it could be sure. should be uh, and it's yeah. not here you know um, but again I think that all goes back to you know stakes, I guess, and like that the the clarity of that. You know, I feel like even if it was like a funny character, a big character, like a memorable character, you'd still be left a little hollow from the fact that you're not understanding why your main characters are interacting with this right. guy. <laughs> yeah. Know? Um so all of that I think you're you're crippled by that even if you do sort of like make a a, a role out of that guy. Yes.
1: Agreed, and I think, yeah, I think the, the key thing is clarity, and there's, there's really not a whole lot of clarity here, to be sure.
0: Well, I will say, you know, there's a little section that we skipped that it doesn't amount to anything, but some of my favorite stuff in this movie came from, and that was when these guys meet the character of Bam Bam, played by Robert Klein. <laughs> and i i think you know after the chase and then getting kicked out of the girl's room i I think we kind of just cut to the guys waking up on the beach you know they've got their toboggan hats on just like in odd places i think they've had some beers um but bam bam is sort of this beach bum surfer hippie guy it's older or whatever and kind of makes friends with Mm -hmm. them and um you know, they talk about the car. I think he knew about Krevsky, right? I think he's yeah. maybe the one that pointed out like, Oh yeah, man, like he's the guy that you know, hot you know, he's every car that's on his lot is is hot, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Um there were a couple lines that I liked here. Uh <laughs> one, he asked uh I believe Chuck. He says, How old are you? And Chuck's like, I'm twenty one. He's like, Man, when I was your age, I was twenty yeah. two and that's like the end of the, life. <laughs> yeah, like to me, like that that was fun, and like I almost wonder if Robert Klein just came up with that himself, you know, um, yeah, because it did make me laugh. And then, um, you know, he's like, yeah, I can help you hotwire the car, man. You just got to get me to it. And so they go back to the pageant, which I think is day two. You know, the talent competition. I don't even remember what the hell the talent competition was, or maybe it was something. Yeah, else. I don't remember seeing anyone you doing get more any, of that. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, you get the the, the more of the great host and all that <laughs> stuff. Or maybe that was after the river. Anyway, the moment where they're trying to hotwire the, wire the car, but the car has been driven up onto a little platform. Right. So it's not actually like, you know, it's on this metal thing and of the ground. It's like, well, I don't know if I can do this, man. But, like, they sneak into the car, and then I think Grant Heslov has a line. He's like, so basically your plan was just getting in the car? He's <laughs> like, yeah, kind of, you know. Yeah it's just like to me like that's where it like embraces the level of stupidity that's at hand it's like well okay like at least you're acknowledging this is dumb right you know you've got one character who's you know his brain cells have been fried to the point where he can embrace the stupidity and you can play off of that in a fun way um so i i did at least appreciate that you know and especially like within the context of wherever this came, either before or after that riverboat scene where I'm just like, I do not know. And for God's sakes, we have to talk about how they get off that damn riverboat, right? Yeah, There are two jet skis just parked Mm -hmm. in the water on the side of this boat. As you do. And I don't, I did not think of the boat being anchored offshore. No. Maybe it was, because the girls at a certain point, they realize that Sean, that character, the mom, the beauty pageant mom, has set them up. They're on this boat. They can't get off. They're not going to make it back in time for whatever the next round of this ridiculous bikini pageant show is. You know, they're telling a guard they got to get back now. You know, and uh, you get the hilarious scene where Blake uh, throws the drinks in the face of the pageant mom. And it's just like the line reading is hysterical. Yeah. Anyway, so in my head, I I had it established that the boat was moving the whole time, and like yeah, they're out at sea now. And you know, they're not swimming back to shore and they're not gonna get back in time. That's it. They're stuck. Right. But no, they get out, there's just two jet skis parked right there. They make this whole elaborate thing out of them jumping off of a two-story riverboat in the yeah. water as if like it's like death. They might die, right. And like and three times, like you get um Chuck and uh what was the girl? Michelle, <laughs> and then you get Grant Heslov and Blake and then you get the two security guards these big heavy dudes who hold hands and jump off yeah. boat,
1: as if they're gonna die
0: and uh, at this point like the dudes are already you know our heroes are already on their jet skis like are the security guards just gonna swim and right. catch them no yeah, there's nothing
1: down there for them like, it's help. preposterous for some reason the next thing I remember is so so they, they found materials on that boat they found a briefcase they, they find the Porsche's original license plate and there are a bunch of other license plates in there, and I think there are keys in there, finally, right?
0: Finally. I think so.
1: So Yeah, yeah so so they take the, the jet skis back to land. They end up in a lot <laughs> of Krebskis. And they're just trying to unlock a car. What car are we gonna take to get back to the place or whatever? And we're gonna take uh oh, it's a Ferrari. Ferrari. So yep. <laughs>
0: And not a Testarossa, like, which was like the cool no. Ferrari, the 80s, right? Something no, yeah.
1: else. Uh, it's just some lame Ferrari.
0: Wouldn't even take it if you gave it to me.
1: They go back to the hotel, and there's a moment where... Uh, man, I really can't be bothered to think about any of these details now. There's a moment where they switch cars with Damone, the cab driver. Mm-hmm. And all I could think was, but if the cops get Damone in that car, he's going to go to prison... So how is this a good idea? Like, he didn't seem like he was a criminal to begin with. Like, he would know the ins and outs of anything. No. They're like, hey, why don't you take this, man? He's like, okay, that sounds like a great idea. I'm like, that sounds like a terrible idea.
0: No, I'd say if he got caught by the cops... I feel like he would probably just say, "Oh yeah, these two knuckleheads gave me this car. Like I'm just doing it for
1: the." Yeah, I mean, I I, I mean,
0: I don't know. He's a nice guy. Maybe he wouldn't give them up, but I don't know why he wouldn't. Like I don't. Right. Well, I mean, he would. But I mean, at the same time,
1: why would why would the cops even care if he said somebody gave it to him? It's like, but this is because you know at this point it belongs to Krebsky. So now you stole from Krebs. You know, I don't know. It it just seemed like a bad deal. I didn't know why it was happening, and as it turns out, didn't matter that it did happen, as far as I can tell. Does not nope. Uh. Yeah, this is where it all slips away from me here. But, yeah. okay, so... They agree to work together to steal the Porsche. Chuck and Michelle spend the night together on a catamaran. That's about as random as it feels. Because, yeah, th- then they're out on the beach.
0: Yeah. I mean, they all hang out on the beach yeah, the other night with Bam Bam. And, and yeah, they just
1: talk Chuck about and, uh, nonsense. Michelle getting kind of yeah. close. has nothing to do with anything. I
0: did love... Uh, yeah, there's a moment where Michelle and Chuck kind of... Yeah, they, they separate from the group and go to his catamaran. And she's like... You know, the first time I met you, I just thought you were an idiot. I mean, you were like a bumbling fool. You were incompetent. Like, she's just saying all these disparaging things. And then I'm like, wait a second. The first time she met him was in the convenience store. Right. And, and they, they, like, there wasn't really anything that happened with Chuck to make him look like a bumbling fool full complete like was no he, he
1: was just a normal guy like Wally came in and yeah. knocked a ton of stuff off the shelves with the skis but like
0: but basically I mean you're building up to the last day of the pageant and like who's gonna win this thing right, <laughs> right. Um, I guess yeah I mean because uh, I mean I'm really with you in struggling to figure out what exactly their plan was yeah because I think okay who wins a damn contest do we do we remember that? Uh,
1: I I thought I thought that Blake did win, like right okay, the, the me Mean too. Girl one. Yeah, I thought.
0: Oh no, wait. Okay, so Sean the girl with the mom,
1: the girl with the mom's name is Blake. Oh yeah, I we've been saying it's Sean. Hold no, Sean is like the Texan with the big teeth. Oh okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And so Bla- okay, so yes. Yeah, so Blake wins. I thought Blake won. Because there's a really terrible scene where all of a sudden everyone then has sympathy for Blake because she says, like, one yes. thing. Oh, God. No. But anyway. That's right. Yeah, so, yeah. Then, so then they're all buddies. And meanwhile, Chuck and Wally get some squirt guns that look like Uzis. And that's they right. basically carjack it from the two security guards who pulled guards. a gun yeah. on them earlier for just looking at a car. How that scene would ever end without Chuck and Wally being dead, <laughs> it's just not realistic. But they carjack him. Damone drives up in the Ferrari completely, like no, no one expected. Oh, someone actually literally, I think, says, Hey, good timing. Yeah. Yeah, it is good timing that he randomly drove up right then. <laughs> and, uh, and so then they, they wheel the Ferrari out as a replacement prize for this pageant and Krevsky, no and Krewski walks into this audience and is screaming but that's my car that's my car don't give my car away and the whole time i'm just thinking he has tons of cars if there was a mix-up like he's acting like nothing can be done like this is the worst thing like aside from the fact that oh, no. now the police have evidence on him because of chuck and wally which was another thing that like blew right by me like chuck and wally go to this cop and, like, here's all this evidence against Krebsky. They're like, really? We've been trying to bust him for a long time. Well, he's busted now. Oh, and that's right. I about that. Yeah. Yeah. And so Krebsky runs up and screams about having an aneurysm, and the cops get him. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, so Blake wins it. Sean, the girl Sean, invites Wally to stay in San Diego with her. Mm-hmm. For, for what? I don't know. There's nothing between these two. Like, there's nothing. Yeah. Uh, and Chuck and Michelle get ready to drive that Porsche with a giant gash in the dashboard to Lake Tahoe. Now, at that point, Sean, clearly we're headed into the third act. What happens next?
0: I think you mean the sequel, right? Yeah, I guess so. Because all I remember at this point is cut into them like kind of all playing on the beach, mm-hmm. and there's Bam Bam using Chuck's skis uh, to basically surf yes. or water ski yep. without a boat right. on the ocean, which I have to think is is impossible.
1: I, I think it um, is impossible. I think it's not I mean, a payoff. How much... Let, let me ask you this as a writer. How much do like you think... Gnarly is it. Right. How much do you think in terms of payoff?
0: Set up I mean, and payoff. All the time? Like, yeah, all the time. Sure.
1: Like, I mean, that's kind yeah, of... I, that's the
0: key ingredient, I think, to a satisfying ending, obviously. Yes. It's some sort of payoff.
1: And certainly in, in comedy, you want to have a nice, clear setup that's not maybe too heavy handed so, mm-hmm. so that it can pay off. And you're going to and have setup. Sometimes you'll throw a non sequitur in there.
0: Sure. Paying off a prop is not that satisfying, <laughs> unless it's a really important prop. Right these these skis are not that important they right like nothing. if it
1: was really under your nose the whole time then then it might be funny like yeah. if you knew more about Bam Bam and knew that man Bam, Bam Man I'm a surfer man I can surf anything or something like that early in the movie and then I mean it's still not that funny you know what I mean <laughs> like right it's just, it's just weird, and there's a lot of screen time given to him running across the beach with the skis toward the water, and everybody's like, yeah, he's running, he's got my skis, he's running toward the water. Like, I don't care. No one and says just, anything.
0: Right. And just in case I went to some kind of coma last night and did not remember from this, the movie ends, and that Porsche is not back to Fasciana, right?
1: Right. He never gets to Tahoe. In this mm-hmm. movie... They say they're gonna to go to Lake Tahoe, but in the movie you don't ever get to that point. So everything you were thinking at the beginning <laughs> yeah. about how this the whole is gonna end of the movie. Yeah. And it was kind of setting up your expectations, it just just let it die. They're just like, well, no. No Lake Tahoe. No. What could have been you know, without going to Lake Tahoe, Sean, what would have been a more satisfying ending do you think in terms of that part of the storyline
0: well we've seen this before and we've talked about you know the trope of a car in the 80s and the car getting damaged mm-hmm. before even on this podcast Even when we talked about Heaven Help Us yeah uh, well, that was the name of that movie right we talked with Joe and Jimmy right right think of Ferris Bueller again right They could have damaged the shit out of this car, which would have been funnier, and which would have raised the stakes a thousand times. Mm -hmm. And Craig, how easy would it be to pin that damage on Krefsky? Sure. So that he's the bad guy. Sure. And that Robert Stack is mad at him, and actually Chuck comes out of this looking golden. You know, even without getting the car to Tahoe. Right. Although I will argue that I still would have preferred the version where they go to Tahoe. <laughs> I, um, I agree.
1: I totally agree. You know, I mean, that's. that's and r-
0: met the daughter and all that stuff. Exactly. But I do think, yeah, it's like um, those options were available to them. Yeah. I think even within the setup that they have in the context of these characters in that world. And and for whatever reason, they didn't make those choices. And I think it's a lesser movie um, because of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like you want. Your hero to succeed in some capacity. Here, he's got a girl that might be a girlfriend. We still, we're just, we're just left hanging on the thing that he was supposed to do. Right. Right.
1: Well, and and again, he's he's super uptight. He he's only focused on making money. Like that's what he's sort of set his life goal toward, just making money. So you'd feel like at the end, he's got to go to Faciano and say, like, screw your car, exactly, and your life. Like I don't need that. Like, this, this girl here, like, she's what life is about. You know, like, yeah. just living in the moment and just they're doing what makes me actually feel like a good person. Yeah, like, you need that even, showdown.
0: Yeah, even in that beach scene at the end, you know, somebody asks her, oh, yeah, I, I guess you got to hit the road to get that car up by Tahoe. And he's like, you know what? Throws the keys in the ocean. Done. I don't want to sure. see that car again in my life. Sure, yeah. Uh, you know, it's not my responsibility. Like, something like that. Yeah. Like, even just that, like... Just resolve that storyline. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Like, give us something. Because so because,
1: be, well, and I, I'll say one last thing. Because yeah, go for it, yeah, like it's it's still not okay to just say like we're gonna drive this Porsche to Lake Tahoe now, but like that's kind of okay again if that car was not damaged at all. Yeah, then I'd be like, okay, they'll just drive it to Lake Tahoe. But it still feels like, well, where's the scene where he sees the gash in the dashboard? Yeah. Like, why did you ever gash the dashboard?
0: Or, again, Ferris Bueller style, address it. Like, what are you gonna tell Faciano about the dash? Exactly. You know what? I'm just gonna tell him exactly what happened, and he can either kill me or not kill me. But, but uh, you know, I'm done with this, and I'll do what he, t- you know. Yeah. I'll deliver the car, and that's what matters. Blah, blah blah blah. I mean, something where he's like, okay, he's got a spine. Right. He's gonna stand up to this guy. Yeah. Lessons learned, Craig. Lots of lessons here. A lot
1: of lessons here, guys.
0: I want to just, for a second, go back and explain. Yeah. (laughs) Again, the security guards. Yes. Right? Pulling the gun on these two guys for standing beside a car. Sure. Even there, there's an opportunity. Have them be in on the fix with Krebsky. Right. So, okay, that's why they pulled the guns, because they know this car is stolen and they don't want people taking a good, long look at it. Sure. Even though they're about to give it to a girl when she wins this pageant, Mm -hmm. which kind of makes no sense. But, uh, like, yeah, it's just, like, connect those dots.
1: Well, and I'll say this. Speaking of the security guards, there's also moments where... I mean, the security guards are always played for comedy. Even though the first time you meet them, they pull guns, which isn't very funny. That seems like they're (laughs) at least dangerously funny. But in one of the points where our our two heroes are being chased around the grounds of this hotel by the security guards which goes on for way too long
0: too, too long
1: but they're being chased around the grounds during the day and in order to get away from them Chuck like grabs Wally and they run up onto this stand where, where some of the beauty contestants are getting their pictures taken by this photographer and they hide behind the girls first of all I thought that's really dumb that would never work but at the right. same time, I'm like, okay, at least they're hiding, and fine. And these two security guards are run by. But instead, <laughs> when the security guards run up to them, yep. Chuck says, hey, guys, over here. And they see him, and they go running up after them. Chuck and Wally, I mean, God, Chuck and Wally step out of the way, and both security guards go through the gazebo and into, like, a little, like, muddy pond. Yeah. Yeah. And all I could think Meanwhile, was, how is that the end? You were just running from them. very. You were very frightened of them. How is making them fall in a mud puddle solve your problems? But that's like the end of the thing. Like, it's done. They fell in a mud puddle. Chase is over. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Not only that, they could have shot them at any point. Oh, of course. Really. Of course. Um, and after they established that, like, that's the problem, really, with them, the guards doing that in that very first scene. It's then it's like you have to explain why they're not shooting them in the other instances when they're clearly right. um, have like more motive to than just standing beside a car. Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. Craig, That's
1: a lot to think about.
0: Yeah. Did you, by chance, glance at the credits uh, of this director, David Lewis?
1: You know all? what? I didn't. He's actually not mentioned here on the film page.
0: This is going to blow your mind a little bit, okay? Okay. David Lewis is mostly known as a cinematographer, and he shot Night of the Demons, Craig. Uh, Night of the Demons 2. He did several of the Leprechaun movies. Wow. UHF. Um, There's some seminal 80s classics in there. UHF? Across a genre. Yeah. Chairman of the Board, the Carrot Top movie.
1: Um, Holy cow!
0: Some interesting, interesting stuff. Pee Wee's Playhouse. He did many episodes on that. So, pretty interesting resume. The direct directing uh, is is very small, and it looks like Dangerous Curves was the, I think, first and last actual feature film that he directed. Yeah. yeah. And I think you can see why. And I I, I will yep. say, like obviously. A thousand flaws that we had pointed out in this movie. It is is—it's kind of interesting to watch because of that. Because of, you know, I mean, I, I think we give yeah. a lot of these 80s movies, like, you know, like we talked about, like you're expecting a certain level of geez and, like, you know, dated sure. look and all these things. And, uh, you know, the nostalgia side may be weighing on why we like a lot of them and then you see something like this which you know we're only nostalgia for because of the period not because we've seen this one but you see where it it can go like that model can still go really really kind of wrong and less effective than the other ones yeah so uh i don't know i kind of enjoyed and look it is obviously very light-hearted and lightweight and easy to kind of digest it's an hour and a half you know uh, I don't think you're going to be miserable watching this thing. You're going to be scratching your head like we were and going, "What are they doing? Why is this movie going this direction?" True. So, for educational purposes, I completely recommend this movie. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a lot to uh, uh, unpack there I, um, when looking at, like, especially like you are talking about, like, setup, payoff, all that stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I, I do too. And the main thing I was kind of thinking about was like, this is—it's a good movie for anybody to watch to sort of learn, to, to, to watch and sort of see things not kind of work out and and sort of, you know, uh, give you that exercise of, you know, sort of trying to puzzle out like why things are maybe not landing, jokes aren't landing, uh-huh. things aren't uh-huh. making sense. But like, I was especially thinking like if I, um, as someone starting out, especially if you're about to shoot something, shoot, shoot a shorter or, 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 or a feature maybe that you wrote and you're gonna do it on your own or whatever it's kind of a good thing to watch because i kind of feel like this you could say this is sort of an example of uh it feels like a first draft of a script was made into a movie
0: very good point point. and yeah.
1: like you know really like <laughs> there, there's so little connection between the things that happen and that's a part of why it never builds to anything and it never like the payoffs are generally so weak i mean it just so much doesn't make sense and, and so little is as, as things you pointed out like about the beauty pageant like instead of Wally saying hey the Mets the Padres are hosting the Mets this weekend like what you never you guys never went to a baseball game like but you were talking about that no. at the beginning of the movie like why didn't you yeah, say yeah. yeah exactly this this beauty pageant's going on and the hottest chicks in the world are there you know like mm-hmm.
0: great or even if they already had tickets to the game when this thing came up it's like okay well we'll we can still go to the game and make it to Tahoe in right. plenty of time. Right. You know, I mean, something, something. Well, and the thing to uh, yeah, but I think actually, and what's what's good about that too is like nothing that I have worked on makes it to the screen, or has made it to the screen without like dozens and dozens of drafts. Like you know, those things get rewritten to hell. Maybe this did, but you're right; it just does not feel like it. No. You know, it, there's too many obvious choices that could have been made to clean up some of those lingering issues yeah, for it to have gone through that many drafts. yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a good case example and uh, argument to be had for uh, lots of rewriting.
1: <laughs> well, you know, not even similar movies, not terribly similar movies, but this would be an interesting one to put up against Get Crazy. Yeah, for sure. Because Get Crazy just... It's super weird, but that stuff really lands really well, and and the movie makes sense. There's a thing to watch there,
0: so yeah. Yeah, and all the jokes. uh, At least you're getting yeah some really good quality ones. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised by the lack of trivia on the IMDb about this movie, and there's there's virtually none. Uh, But on the Wikipedia page, I did look up. You know, they mentioned uh, right up front that the the, like. uh, there were appearances by two actresses when, you know, I didn't recognize uh, Debbie Dunning. I think she was a a well-known model in some regards. But the other Cynthia Geary I looked up and uh, fans of Northern Exposure, she played Shelley, um, who, you know, I loved that show and and her character was really, yeah, like she was like the waitress. She was married to the older guy. Um, And I think they were both uh, contestants in the beauty pageant. So now I kind of want to go back and just watch 10 seconds to see if I can pick her out of a out of a lineup there, nice. Oh, Craig, that was an adventure. It was uh, in babysitting, and uh, <laughs> I wish. Oh, I did see. I think Grant Heslov was in *License to Drive*, which is kind of fun. Um, <laughs> and another car movie. You know, I mean, there's so many from this era that that use that trope in all the different ways. Uh, and uh, while I'm still under oath, I don't regret having watched it.
1: <laughs> uh, I. I- three quarters regret having watched it
0: hey you want last
1: words uh last words i got for you are um i was hoping i had a quote here i really don't uh from the movie yeah
0: how about the one where the uh bat the pageant host uh said they're all puerto ricans to me oh man some things were better left in the 80s maybe we can put
1: that one back
0: while we do that you should come check out our website and find us online And, hey, we'll be back next week with a mini-episode, and we'll talk news. Until then,
1: Craig, I enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Sean.